Hello, the message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's Favorite House Canada. We pray that as you listen, God's light will flood your heart and transform you forever. Amen. Hallelujah. Let somebody shout hallelujah. I trust that we are all excited to be in the house of God this morning. Why don't you welcome someone once again and say welcome to church this morning. God bless you. Welcome. You're looking beautiful. You're looking... You're looking gang, gang. God bless you. Hallelujah. You know, so what, what the word God has for us today is very, very straightforward, very, very clear by the grace of God. You know, I'm, I, don't, I know a, a couple of us were able to join the Bible study on Wednesday. I don't know if that thing is recorded, this session. Okay, if it's not, then, um, you know, I wanted to say you should try find time to go listen to um, the session of that day. Um, also, you know, I, I'm assuming a lot of us were here last week and we all filled our blank checks. So if you were not here last week, I want to encourage you to find time to go watch. You can go on YouTube and watch the service of last week so you can fill your blank check. Um, why? Because today is more or less God's response to the blank check. You know, so during this week, like I mentioned during the Bible study as I was concluding, the Spirit of God spoke to me. I was, in fact, I was thinking of something else for this week to share, but then it says... So you've all written what you want, your words for the year. You've, you've declared, you've prophesied into the year 2022. Um, do you care to hear what I have for you? Or what I require of you? And that's why the topic of today is the charge. The charge. So there are a lot of things God has for us this year, but I, by the grace of God, I've been able to summarize them to like put them into five points. Five things that God requires of us. I want to encourage us to write it down just the same way we wrote last week down so we can refer to it from time to time again. Now, the good thing about these things are things that there are things that I believe we should be doing already. So what we are doing this morning is just a reminder. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. And God is so particular about these things. So, so particular about them this year that I, I want to encourage us not to play with them. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. The first thing God requires us from us is to please him with the way we live. Please God with the way you live this year, more than ever before. And of course, going forward, please him with the way we live. The Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 1 to 2, I'll read from the Passion Translation. I want to just listen and let the Spirit of God minister to you. It says, beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Let's go on. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. Stop imitating the ideals and the opinions of the culture around you. Have you ever cared to wonder why the scripture uses the word imitate? Have you ever wondered? It means that is not our original nature. It means when you give your life to Christ, you become a new person. There's a nature that is expected of you. So the cultures and the ideals of the world and the opinions of the world are an imitation for us. That is not who we are. They say stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life satisfying and perfect in his life in his eyes. How many of us want to live a beautiful life that is satisfying and perfect in the eyes of God? My message to you today is it is possible by the grace of God. By the grace of God. So God is saying we should be deliberate and intentional about pleasing him this year. We should watch the way we live. You know, during devotional with the kids yesterday, my wife took us through a study what was that scripture? Leviticus chapter 16. Leviticus chapter, when you have time, go and read it. It started with how Aaron's two sons died because they presented the wrong fire before God. The Bible says they burned the wrong fire before God and they both of them died. God killed them. Some of us are like, ah, God killed people. <laughs> and then God went on and on about requirements, the things that they must do. 
that the priests must do before they come into the holies of holies. The kind of things that it requires of them. I know we read that thing yesterday and I was like, wow, what a privilege we have to be able to stroll into the presence of God, to be able to do things as we like. I mean, we don't know how privileged we are. But one thing was clear from the discussion we had yesterday, God is holy. There was a time God was going to speak to the children of Israel. That's what he said. He said nobody must come around the mountain. Anyone that comes and touches it will die immediately. That's the level of holiness. So before he could access them, he needed them to be clean, to be cleansed. But what has happened? Jesus has come. So because God now sent Jesus to reconcile us to himself, we now have access through Jesus. A lot of times we misuse it. Because it is now so easy you can do anything and go away with it. If someone can fornicate and climb the altar and sing, and nothing happens. Ah, in those days it could not happen like that. You don't even need to fornicate, just be jealous. Go read the book of Leviticus and enlighten yourself. You know, if you read the book of Leviticus, your eyes will be open to know the, the person of God, how holy he is. So God is saying, don't mix it up. Yes, you are not born again, you have grace, but that does not give you the leeway to be sinning. No. You are meant to live. The grace we receive is not the grace. A lot of us only apply the grace when we have sinned. God, grace, grace, grace. The grace is to live above sin. So God is saying in this year 2022, please live above sin. I have given you the power. Deploy it. Please, God. Be deliberate about pleasing God. And what happens? What contends with our spirit man? What is that thing that contends with it? Someone should answer me. What's the thing? What's our greatest enemy? The flesh. The flesh. Show me the flesh. Touch the flesh. I touch the flesh now. You are not touching it. That's something that it's not the flesh. Your flesh. <laughs> the flesh. Why? They, see. May God deliver this flesh. The flesh is so entitled. You know that, right? You know, let's be realistic. You know, you go to work, you have a very hard day at work. And when you come home, your flesh feels entitled to eat whatever he wants to eat, to drink whatever he wants to drink, to watch a whole series of Netflix to 2 a.m. That's what the flesh wants. Are you getting me? The flesh is entitled. God is telling you that this year, don't give the flesh any chance. You know, there was something God was telling God said that this year, I mean, it's even been in the devotionals. You don't do the things because they are easy. You do things because you need to do them. There's always the easy way. Don't do things because you feel like doing them. Do things because it is the right thing to do. That's what God is saying. Do things because that is the right thing to do. You know, the Bible says in the book of Romans 8, 7 to 8. I don't know why I never read this thing in TPT. I love the Passion Translation. You guys, listen to this. Romans chapter 12, um, 8, verse 7 to 8. It says, in fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction. Why? Because it cannot. Let's go back. Please go back again. Let everybody read it. In fact, the mindset... So what's your mindset? What's it focused on? The mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction. Why? Because it cannot. Go on. For no matter how, how hard they try, God, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. Did you get that? No matter how hard you try, God finds no pleasure if you are controlled by the flesh. So this year, are you going to be controlled by the flesh or by the Spirit? I pray in the name of Jesus that you receive the grace to be controlled by the Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. You know, there's this book, The Breaking of the Outer Man and the Release of the Spirit by Watchman Nee. I want to encourage those that have not read it to go and find time to read it. You understand the dynamics of your spirit, man. You understand why there's always a battle going on. And you understand why it is that when we are waiting on the Lord, which we are going to start very soon, in, in like two weeks, thereabouts, we are going to start fasting. Are you excited about that? You understand why when you are waiting on the Lord, you can deploy yourself. Your spirit man is deployed easily. Then you can wake up and pray without feeling sleepy. Then you go somewhere. I mean, you are just bubbling. The kind of music you even listen to normally, you won't feel comfortable listening to it. Does it, does it happen to anybody? Anybody, any witness? I pray that by the time we are done with this season of fasting, all this useless music that we listen to, that do not edify God, that are so corrupt. You know, I heard the music, my trip to America, I heard them sing, a, I heard a song, a, I think Nigerian song, one of these, oh, what, are, what are people listening to? And I, I listened to, I listened to what, I listened to the wordings of the song. 
And I was like, is this what people are singing? I'm just imagining that someone listens to that song in those days, in the days of Leviticus, in those days. Then it goes to the only... What will happen? Anyway, God will help us in the name of Jesus. So the first thing is please God with the way we live. The second thing is we need to become more intimate with him. God wants intimacy. He wants you to draw closer to him. He wants you to draw closer to him. He's calling out to you this year. He's saying, come to me. Let's spend time together. The Bible says in the book of James chapter 4 verse 8, it says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Did you hear that? As you draw close, it com- comes close. So you are the one that determines your closeness to God. You have the power to determine it. How do you determine it? By drawing close to him. He says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your heart for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Listen to me, the year 2022, you know we've been doing a teaching before this time. What was it? God's side. You can't be in between the side of the world and the side of God. No. You have to choose a side this year. Your loyalty cannot be divided. I think for a lot of us, we struggle. When you hear the world, what do you think about? What's the world? What is the world? Can someone help me with the definition? What is the world, really? When the Bible is saying your loyalty cannot be divided between God and the world, what is the world? Give me an example of the world. Eh? Eh? So, around you, the systems of the world, the things that the world has made normal, that is not natural. The things that I so I, the definition of the world is anything that is anything that contends against God, anything that God is not in support of. What it is? Let's be truthful to ourselves. We know what the world is. You can't, you know. And the thing, a lot of times, the decisions we take are from a place where we should be able to judge. Wait, wait, wait. Those decisions you take. You know, two people can take the same action and one person will be and the other person will be right. No, I need a new mic, please. I need another mic. Sinis. Thank you. Amen. Okay. So two people can take the same action and one will be a sin and the other won't be a sin. How many of us know that? Why? Where is it coming from? So it can be someone's birthday or someone can have a celebration or have something happen in their lives and they take a picture and they put it on their social media page. There's nothing wrong with that. Some other people can, someone else can do that same thing to hurt someone else or to, uh, let me pepper them. Are you getting me? Are you seeing why? A lot of times we don't know the difference. Like, what is our motive? What is our motive? Which is why you should be careful about judge. I don't generalize things. Why? Because you need to understand. For instance, look at John the, John, John the Baptist. When I was going to be born, what did the angel tell angel Gabriel tell his father? He says, no alcohol must touch his mouth. Do you understand? That was the sanctification. No alcohol. That was his own special arrangement with God. You understand what I'm saying? Something, same thing. His head must not, must not be caught. So imagine something now said people must never cut there. Anybody that cuts his head is a sinner. Are you getting my point? So two people can do the same thing. What is the motive behind it? What has God, in fact, there's a scripture that says anything that you feel is wrong, if you now do it, it becomes a sin. I mean, but that's not the point of the teaching today. The point of the teaching today is this. Become more intimate with God. God is saying, draw closer to me. I want to be closer to you. And that scripture says in the book of Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3, this is what God is saying this year for us. Because this is the year of limitless. It says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you and even show you great and mighty things. Things which have been confined and hidden, which you do not know and understand and cannot distinguish. I pray in the name of Jesus that we yield to him. That we will be deliberate about spending time with him. How many of us are going to be deliberate with our time this year? A lot of us understand that we have just 24 hours a day. Let's be realistic. Calculate. I want to give you a minute to do an exercise. Before, from January 1st to January 9th, take an average. How many minutes have you dedicated to God or the things of God? Daily. 
daily, 24 hours. Some people, they sleep, sleep like 12 hours. 12 hours gone. Netflix, four hours. Four hours gone. They even made the time of their work with Netflix. Because work is eight hours. So how, how come you have only six hours left? What's wrong with you? There's something wrong. Think of it. So are we truthful to ourselves now? I wish we could take an average. How long do we dedicate to God daily? God is saying, I want to be intimate with you. How do you get intimate with God? Spend time with him. That's the beginning. When you spend time with him, then you know more of him. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. The third thing God is saying to us is love. Say love. 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 God is saying in the year 2022, I need you to love. Something happened in the scriptures, and I know we shared it a few weeks back, but just to remind us again. The Bible says in the book of Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 31, it says one of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel. Listen, O God's favorite house. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than this. So we've spoken about loving God by, in the earlier, um, when we discussed being intimate with God, spending time with him, devoting ourselves to him, reverencing him. Now, what of loving others? I want to give all of you clarity this year. Every one of us. When God says love others, what people that God is talking about? Everybody. Everybody. And one thing I like about Jesus and I like about the scriptures, the scriptures are not ambiguous. If you notice, everything we are sharing today is from the scriptures. I'm not speaking by my opinion. I'm giving you what God is saying from the scriptures. The Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48. I want you guys to pay attention to it. It says, your ancestors have been taught, love your neighbors and hate the ones who hate you. Listen, did you hear that? Is that not normal? If someone hates you, are you meant to love them? I mean, in the past. That's what they learned. Hate the one that hates you, right? However, I say to you, love your enemy. Bless the one who curses you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. And respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. Listen to me. I know a lot of us come to church and you filter the kind of messages you want to hear. You, the one that you think suits you, you take it. The one that does not suit you, you throw it. Yeah, you can't grow like that. You have to accept everything. Are you seeing what the Bible is saying? Who was speaking? Jesus. Go and listen to the teachings of Jesus on the mount. You can read from the book of Matthew chapter 5 to verse 7, thereabouts. You see the teachings of Jesus. We'll do a series on it very soon. So we understand the things that Jesus requires. Why? A lot of times we are carried away. You know, the scriptures is so, it's so, I see people focusing. It's good to understand scriptures and read scriptures. But you need to understand that we're in a new era. We're in the era of Jesus. The things that were done pre-Jesus were done. They were good. But Jesus came and gave us a way to live. So if you are going to learn, what I always tell people that give their lives to Christ newly, first learn what Jesus requires. You understand what I'm saying? Before you go back, learn what Jesus requires. The things that Jesus requires don't seem to be normal. Because, and that's why a lot of the Jews struggle with it. How can you come and say, we should change what we have been taught? Just told them, what your fathers were taught was, hate the ones that hate you, an eye for an eye. But what I'm saying is different. I'm saying, love your enemies. My question is, was Jesus joking? Was he joking? He was serious to the core. Bless the one who causes you. Do something wonderful for the one who hates you. And respond to the very ones who persecute you by praying for them. Can you imagine that? How, how do we respond to people that persecute us? We feel we have the justification to cause them. Fire! Why is the fire not falling? Ah, my beloved. The people that persecuted us, we've called fire. I need someone to come and share the experience of fire falling on those people. Why does it not happen? We are in the era of Jesus. But it's not that they don't get punished though, but it's not that's not the way to go. But I don't like even teaching people the way to go because people will now be using those things to punish people. 
But God searches the heart and he knows the motive. So what God is saying is pray for those that persecute you. For that we reveal your identity as children of your heavenly father. He is kind to all by bringing the sunrise to warm and rainfall to refresh. Whether a person does what is good or evil. What reward do you deserve if you only love the lovable? Let me ask that question again. What reward do you deserve if you only love the lovable? Don't even tax collectors do that. How are you any different from others if you limit your kindness to only those or to only your friends? Don't even the ungodly do that. Since you are children of a perfect father in heaven, become perfect like him. Hallelujah. How many of us are going to change this year? God is saying, love everyone. Now, the problem we have a lot of times is that we are like, I can, how is that possible? Like I explained, just for the benefit of those that were not in our previous teachings, the love that Jesus is talking about, the scriptures are talking about, is called agapao. That's agape love. It's a love by choice. It's not emotional. You can't, if someone hates you, you can't emotionally love the person. You understand me? But it's a love by choice. What does that mean? If you have the opportunity to do good to the person, you do good. Don't repay evil. This year, because we are in the year of limitless, God is going to place a lot of people in your hands, right in your palms. Your enemies, I mean, literally, will be in your hands. What will you do with them? Listen to me, it's a test. Remember when David was before Saul? And the right hand man said, let's strike him. God has delivered him to us. And he says, who well, am I to strike the anointed of the Lord? So God will place them in your hands, but he will test you. What will you do? I mean, I was discussing with my wife a few days ago on our trip about some experiences I've had with people that had risen up against me and how God had placed them in my hands. And at every time, I thank the Holy Spirit for always reminding me that I'll go and deliver these people to your hands. What will be your response? And because of that remembrance, I try to always take the right path to do right. One thing I can guarantee you is as long as you have the right, the right, you're in the right frame of mind, you have the right attitude, they will come to you. God will deliver them to you. But when they come to you, please love them. God will help us in the name of Jesus. Two to go. God is saying, very importantly, give to others. In fact, the word God gave me with this was give. Give to other people. Give to the things that pertain to God. Give. Be generous this year. I want to encourage us today that <laughs> don't close your eyes to the poor this year. I know for some people you are like, ah, pastor, I don't even see them around. There are many around us. Not necessarily in this day. I don't think we have any in this day by the grace of God. Right? Because we hear the word of God and we practice them and we see results. But there are many that we are reaching out to. You may say, pastor, but I don't have the resources to give them. You can give your time. We have avenues that we have created. We have the HL3 project. We have the, um, the ARC project. Oh, the Angel Tree Project has passed. Sorry about that. We have the ARC Project where we go to, you know, YMCA every hour, like twice a month, and we give food to those that need them. We serve with the people that, be, of course, the pre prepared foods, and we serve the people that are homeless. So there have been news for you to show love to the poor. For some of us, it's from our pocket. You need to give to the poor this year. I want to just show us something in the scriptures. You know, I, I got a new dimension to generosity. How many of us know that generosity can lead to healing? Do you know that? It's in the scriptures. Generosity. For some people, you have a sickness or there's something wrong with you and God is waiting for you to be generous to receive it. It sounds weird that generosity can lead to healing. Let me, let's open our Bibles. So generosity leads to restoration and healing. Psalms 41 verse 1 to 3. Psalms 41 1 to 3. Let me show you something. Generosity. It says God always blesses those who are kind to the poor and helpless. They are the first ones God helps when they find themselves in any trouble. Go on. The Lord will preserve and protect them. They will be honored and esteemed while their enemies are defeated. Go on. When they are sick, lying upon their bed of suffering, God will restore them. He will raise them up again and restore them back to health. Generosity. So for some of you, some of you are like, God, I need you to come through. Come through. Heal me. God is saying, be generous. God will help us in the name of Jesus. Of course, we all know that generosity leads to prosperity. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, um, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 to 25, it says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. 
Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I had an experience recently. I had an experience when we were moving, myself and my family, and from our old house. So we had some things still in the house that we thought, ah, actually there was this chair that I bought from where? Homesense? I felt it was quite pricey. And we bought it just a few months before we were to move. So I told my head that by whatever means, this chair must go to the new house. But unfortunately, it couldn't fit in the new house. So we left it in the old house. So I told my wife that this thing, we must sell it at the good I remember how much I bought it. We must sell it at a good price. I must sell this one. I'm not giving it. I must sell it. So something happened. This couple reached out. They were new immigrants. I think they are from Spain. They were speaking Spanish, right? Yeah. They were new immigrants. They booked an appointment to come and see it. And then they came. They were like, we love it. We love it. And the Lord says, give them. I said, I'm attached to this, this chair. I'll be angry. Like, if I give, I'll even be angry. That, why, did my, why did we buy that chair? We should have waited till we moved. I said, I'll not say, give them. And I thought, my said to me, I'm not collecting. Let's give them this thing. So I said, that we, they couldn't really speak English. So I said, take free, free, free. He said, free. I said, yes. The husband jumped on me. The wife jumped on my wife. <laughs> Practically in tears. Ah! I said, and I said, go around there. Any other thing you need, take. Generosity. I mean, from that, I told my wife, I'm never, I'm not selling anything I will be giving. It's better to give. Oh. Why? The Bible says it is more blessed to give than to receive. Then that, you know, that fire got in us. The, everything, like, we went to the cupboards. Everything we don't need, we're just giving, giving. That's what we gave. Then we're on this, ready to go on this trip to the US. I'm sharing a personal encounter with you guys so you understand what I'm saying. I meant to go on this trip to the US and I told my wife, I'm a person, I'm a, I budget a lot. I'm like, okay, how much do I want to take? So I told my wife that let's stretch our faith. This is how much I'm expecting that I want to go with so that we can do everything we need to do. Bless people, do things. And I said, wow, that's the Lord. Can we do it? I said, God can do it. It was recently that God reminded, now told me why he did that much. God blessed us with times two. Of what had projected, what had projected in US dollars. And God reminded me when I was praying this message that I'll go. Generosity. See, when you, a lot of us have things that you have that snow boot, it's not your size, or you don't wear it again, you have another new one. Give it away. Stop looking at it that one day, one day I will need you. And that's the funny thing. And there's somebody out there in the snow that their legs are freezing, they're getting frostbite. And then you have four snow boots blue, red, yellow, green. <laughs> or the clothes you have in your cupboard I know I'm kind of guilty of this I'm guilty of this but God is delivering me there are some shirts that are symbolic <laughs> let's be truthful there are some shirts that are symbolic like my wedding suit I'm not giving it out yet I look at it I said I was very handsome I said you have to go this was a good suit you know you look at this suit and you're like I, will not, I remember a shoe I looked at I don't wear that shoe but it's because of the anointed man that gave me that shoe. That shoe is somewhere special in my closet. I look at it every time. Wow, anointed. But I can't wear it. It's not. Don't let me talk. I can't really wear it. It's not my style. Do you understand? So what are those things that we keep that we emotionally attached to God? He says, start with them. It's in your hands. Start with the things in your hands. Give them out. Be generous. Help. Let this year be a year of dispensing help to people. And God will help us in the name of Jesus. Another thing generosity does is it grants us audience. The Bible says, if you close your heart to the cries of the poor, then I will close my ears when you cry to me. That's from the book of Proverbs, chapter 21, verse 13. It says, if you close your ears to the cries of the poor, what are the cries of the poor? Not when they come and cry. Some of us, I go with you, you not say, oh, they are not crying to me, God. They don't have to come to you and start crying. You see a need. You see a way that you can help someone have something. Please reach out. God will help us in the name of Jesus. I mean, God is so, 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 so. I mean, God needs us to be generous. That's the long and short. Finally, generosity results in an overflow of abundance. You know one thing I realized? By the grace of God, I'm a business person. Before I became a business person, back before I came to Canada, I used to be a professional. 
So by the grace of God, I've earned salary. I was a professional for 10 years. I've earned salaries. I've earned dividend. I've earned income. That's profit from business. I know them. I've, but in all of it, you know, when I share my experience with people, like a lot of people come out like, Pastor, your grace, ah, this. If you are close to me, and you know the kind of what I do, you will know that it is miraculous. Like I've, I've had things with people that are close to me back home or even in the US, different places that we see it, something that we want to go for. And both of us are like, oh, you go for it, I'll go for it. And then I send my own and I get approved. And the person sends that they give an excuse and they say, sorry, we can't approve. There's even something that, <laughs> God is awesome. <laughs> something that I got on the platter. I found out that a friend tried to get that same thing. And guess what they told him? This, my friend, was practically born in the U.S. So guess what they said? They said because of his background, because he's from Africa, it can't be released to him. And me, that was a local, I just came in two years, one year into Canada, very local African as I can be. And I was in Canada, and I got it in the U.S. That's grace. Listen, that, I'm telling you something. So a lot of people are like, Pastor, how? My beloved. A lot of times, I don't, I, don't, I don't talk about this so much, so that because it's been bastardized. But by the grace of God, I give to the things of God. I mean, and a lot of times I think about it. I remember when I started serving God, I was like, God, ah, because I serve you, that should be some form of exemption. But speaking to my spiritual fathers and my biological father, that even when you serve God, you are still required to do the things you should do. You should still give. You should still pay your time. I do all those things. I'm like, wow. That, but I serve God in my time. It took me a little while when I started doing my work with God to understand. I'm like, God, you should just be releasing things to me. But I still have to follow principles. In my business, I still have to follow principles. But the amazing thing about it is that I see results. They are not normal. I remember a business that, by the grace of God, I started and God told me that whatever comes from the business, you know how you get income, money comes in. You divide profit from, of course, you take out your cost and all that. God says, I don't take out cost. Anything that comes from the business, give me 10%. Are you getting? So you invest $1,000 in something, you sell it for $1,500. Ideally, your profit should be $500. Then you pay Titan $500. God says, give me Titan everything. Ha! I said, okay, I'll do it further. Till today, I've been doing it by the grace of God for how many years? Five years. We've not lacked. We can't lack. It's a principle. It's a principle. By the grace of God, I've been tight since I was a young boy, since I was a teenager. And God took me through the school. So I learned all those things. I learned generosity. You know, there was a year I looked at, I think it was two years ago, just maybe to encourage and stretch somebody's faith. Two years ago, I will give you this angle and I'll teach you how to look at it. So let me tell you, before I go there, let me tell you how I pray to God. I'm like, God, bless me so that I give God targets. I'm like, God, this year, I want to give you $100,000. That's the kind of thing I do. Uh, but if you are going to give God the $100,000 in the year, you know the kind of money that will pass through your hands. Are you getting me? That's how I deal with God. So that was the year I told God, I said, God, this year, I want to give you $50,000. Then at the end of the year, I was like, God, I'm not sure I gave you up to that. And God says, go and take a screenshot of everything you gave. And it was $52,000 that I gave to him. So I now let one new thing with God. I'm like, God, now that money cons consists of offering tithes, money to the needy and all that. But it taught me something in God. When you are generous, you can't lack. But it's against the systems of the world. But if I'm going to teach you something, so all of it that's here, I'm in new business for five years. I've never worked for anybody. God has been blessing me. Why? Why is it that my business does not go up and down? Why? It's because... I've had systems that, I, you know, I have things that I do with God, that I've devoted to God. It's a system. That is how it works. So as it comes in, I already know what is going out. That is it. So if a lot of us, you're like, God bless me for what? What will you do with the blessing? What is the use of it? There are projects you want to do that. I say, God, just release your blessing upon me. You trust me. And I know God trusts me. If God tells me give half, I give half. My question to you is, can God trust you? A lot of us want blessings this year. But if God was going to ask you, why should you be blessed? What would you say? And I see people hold on to little. I see people hold on to what can change their destinies. Give to the poor. Give to the things of God. Give to the people that God has put around you. Be generous. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. Generosity results in an overflow of abundance. The Bible says in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 8. It says, here is my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager, a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a general spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. 
All because God loves hilarious generosity. Did you hear that? All because God loves what? Hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything, every moment, and in every way. It will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. I pray that that will be your case in the name of Jesus. Do you know what it means to have abundance that by the time you spend all, you expend all your, I mean you spend, pay all your bills and all that, you have more than enough left? You think that's not what God wants for you? How many of us think God is God wants us to live for man, just pay our bills and not have anything left? That's not what God wants. He wants you to overflow with abundance. But you must show that you are going to be responsible with the resources. Why? God doesn't waste his resources. I pray God will help us in the name of Jesus. I want to encourage us this year. Don't close your ears to the cry of the poor. Give to those that are in need. And God will bless you mightily in Jesus' name. Finally, give Jesus. Give Jesus. God is saying to us this year, we need to give Jesus. We need to give Jesus. This is a very exciting portion for me. Why? Because of what God is said to do in our midst, even through this portion. The Bible says in the book of Mark chapter 16, verse 15 to 18, it says, and it said to them, as you go into all the world, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. Whoever believes the good news and is baptized will be saved. And whoever does not believe the good news will be condemned. And this miracle, this miracle signs will accompany those who believe. Who believe. They will drive out demons in the power of my name. They will speak in tongues. They will be supernaturally protected from snakes and from drinking anything poisonous. And they will lay their hands on the sick and heal them. This is God's word to us this year. He's saying we should go into the world. I mean, this is the commission. God has commissioned us long ago. But what are we meant to be? We are meant to be light to the world. So this year, more than ever before, for those of us that attended the prayer meeting on, on Monday, last week Monday, the word of God came that this year is set to empower us. It's set to release spiritual gifts upon us. Why? For the benefit of other people. You know how amazing it is that we are all working in power. That when there are people that are sick, that are friends, we can go to them and lay their hands on them and they recover. Do you know how beautiful that is? That when there are people that are confused, we can give them words of wisdom, counsel them. That God can prophesy to our mouths. That is what God is saying for us this year. But he's saying we need to be ready to give Jesus. Talk to someone about Jesus. Talk to someone about Jesus. I pray for every one of us that God will create the opportunity in the mighty name of Jesus. And the funny thing is, you just need to be hungry for it. How many of us have given a target? So amongst our targets this year was I want to win souls. How many people? Glory be to Jesus. Thank you so much. I want to win souls. But a lot of you will ask, how do I win souls in this country? When the conversations can be awkward, God will give you the opportunity. I remember a man, I'll just share this story for those, I think I've shared it before. I met this Greek old man at the car wash some time ago. So the guy, I don't know why the guy came to the car wash because I think it was like 90 something. So he couldn't really hold it. So I had to be helping him. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is an opportunity. I'm like, so how do I speak the word of, how do I preach to this guy? So the guy was talking about himself, talking, talking, talking. I said, Holy Spirit, give me an opportunity. I'll try. He won't just enter. I'll try and say something. I said, no, this is not the time. Let me wait. Then the guy said something. He said, do you know something? You know that about two years ago, I practically died. That my family had, you know, everyone was already even living in the studio. They meant to take me to the mortuary. Then I woke up. And the other said, that is the opportunity. And I asked him, so when you died, what did you see? He said, I can't really remember. I said, I, did you think of what was going to happen afterwards? He said, not really. I said, what do you think happens after death? Then we had the conversation. Are you listening? So God will give you those avenues to talk to someone about Jesus. For some people, all God needs you to say is just, Jesus loves you. They can tell you BS. They will shout it out at your face. Don't worry. You've said what you need to say. So you may see some other people and God will say, just go and tell them, you'll be fine. You'll be all right. I know a lot of times it's a struggle. A lot of times it's not easy. I remember a time I went to a bank. I was meant to do a transaction and the Spirit of God was speaking to me regarding the woman. And the Spirit of God said, this woman's child is sick. I wanted to pray for that child. I felt very bad because I didn't summon the courage enough. I just come to Canada. I was like, how do you just do that? <sighs> what if our child is not sick? What if they say it? Our child is sick. <sighs> so I don't want to cause <laughs> What if I struggled throughout that meeting and I left? And then I had to order 
encounters with God that now made me realize that I made a big mistake by not sharing that. Now, listen to me. As we go into this year, those things will happen to you guys. I want to encourage you to be bold. What's the worst that can happen? Get out of my office, you bloody whatever. And you carry your bag. And you go, it's Holy Spirit. You are the one that put me in this, this thing. Why you go away? But let's be bold. I mean, I don't want to begin to share experiences where I've been bold. There's no time that God has not come through. God, in this season, wants to empower us limitlessly. And I pray that we'll receive the power in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit is already upon us. We have the power. Let's stop making the power dormant. So what we are doing is that we are sitting on the power, refusing to use it. Why? And guess what? A lot of you may argue me and say, oh, Pastor, this, a lot of times it's pride though. Do you know? Do you know it's pride? How many of you know? You've not thought it through. Go and think. You'll get it on Wednesday. It's pride. When God gives you a word to speak to someone, you don't speak it. Why? Because you don't want to be really good. That's pride. Are you getting me? So God is saying this year, be bold. Now, one of the things we discussed during the Monday meeting, what God said was on the last Friday of January, which is what, 28th, I think? Last Friday, we are meant to meet here from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. to be empowered. Why? The things God was talking about that day were really strong things. God wants to empower us to go into the world and make a change in the world, to go into our community and make a change. God is going to use people. First and foremost, going to empower people with spiritual gifts. Then they will go to their world, to this world around us, and they will use those gifts. So I want to encourage as many people as are hungry for them. The thing about spiritual gifts is that you need to be hungry for them. You need to want them. You know, I remember some time ago, years ago, that I... One of the gifts I coveted then was the word of knowledge. The gift of the word of knowledge. And, you know, I'm sure you all know that gifts can be released upon you by the Holy Spirit. He can just, he chooses who he gives you. He can also receive it by impartation. You know, that's why Paul was telling Timothy that, remember... The gifts received when hands were laid upon you. So you can receive gifts by impartation or by the Holy Spirit just releasing it upon you. So for my own case, I mean, just to encourage someone here today, I think the word of knowledge, I think because I wanted it at a very young age, I think I received the deposit of it. But I didn't really understand it because I was much younger. And I remember a time when I pastored the church. A, I mean, I wasn't really meant to be the pastor, but the pastor had visa issues, I had to travel home. And then they called me and they said, can you be the pastor? I was 20, 21, 20. I was very young at the time. And they said, can you be the pastor? And I'm like, me, from where? What do I know? I was not, I was not even serious. Like, I was not even relieved. They said, can you be? And I prayed to God. And at that time, God, is, I mean, God still speaks. God was like, you can do this. I will empower you. If I could use the donkey, I will use you. I said, anyway, I don't know if I'm worse than donkey, but just use me. And then, I remember the service we had. I mean, God is awesome. I mean, you just need to open your heart to receive from God. As a young boy, I was on the stage. And then I said, we're about to close service. And the Spirit of God said to me clearly, says, there's a grace upon us this afternoon. And like God is saying, ask one thing you want. But very few in that church. So, and people are, you know, people pray. The next week, this old woman came to church. And she said, God has told me, God has told me. I'm like, what happened? There's so many times she came out. She said she was meant to have a nice surgery. But that Sunday, she was met on my night surgery during the week. When she came on Sunday, she said, God, I don't want to do this surgery. I want new eyes. And she said, when she got to the hospital, that she just noticed that she could see better. Everything was better. But when she now got there for the surgery, the doctor said they can't do this surgery. Where did she go to do the surgery? And they've changed her eyes. And the mom was like, God, has, she was so happy. Of course, I stayed in that country, in the UK, for three extra months. The woman fed me, took care of me. I was a young teenager. I was a young boy without fed, took care. She was like, she just believed in the God in me so much. In my mind, I'm like, it was just a simple message. But it's not as if I didn't eat the food. I ate it well. I was hungry. I ate everything she gave me. I, she took care of me. But I now learned that this gift, and that's why Paul told Timothy, he said, fan them to flames. Fan them to flames. You need to keep using them. Then, of course, they became dormant. Then, yes, down the line, I knew that this gift was dormant. But I now said, God, I need the reactivation. And I leaned hands laid on me. So one of the people that I know that God works with, that has the word of knowledge, one of the people that has seen manifestation in their lives are two people or two people that I know. 
One of them is our senior pastor, Pastor Femi. The second person is my mother. So my mother, has, God has given her the gift of the word of knowledge. But I didn't want to ask her for it. I didn't want to ask. I don't worry, leave that. I wanted it to be divine. I said, God, she must come and lay hands on me and say, I give you the gift. That's how my, that's how my faith was. I said, I want it to be like that so that I know that you are the one giving me that gift. And then I remember a day, she came to Canada. I remember, before the church started, and then my mom came and she was laying hands. And then she laid hands on my, on my wife. I said, receive the gift of the word of knowledge. I said, what is all this? I'm the one that covers this thing. It's my wife that gave, oh God. So you know you have the word of knowledge, the gift of the word of knowledge. So she gets in, and my mom, I'm like, God, you have to remember me today. I need this gift. I need it to be reactivated. And then she turned to me. I smiled, I said, glory be to Jesus. God, not know that gift. I want that gift now. This is the one I want. Then she laid hands. I said, in the name of Jesus, I impart upon you the gift of the word of knowledge. And the rest is history. I mean, at least if you walk with me a little, you know that God, from time to time, that gift comes out. And so many others like that. So what's my point? On Friday, the 28th of January, we are going to gather here. I want us to start, let's use this scripture as our anchor, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11. Go and read it when you get home. You need to start coveting a gift. Don't be selfish. Oh, you, do you understand when I say don't be selfish? I'm saying you need to covet a gift. Don't be selfish as you know, say you don't want any gift. That's selfishness. Why? Your gift is for the education of the church and for the benefit of the world. Do you understand me? Start coveting something. Is it prophecy that you want? Is it the words of wisdom? Is it the gift of faith? Another gift by the grace of God, I believe God released upon me is the gift of faith. That one I got from my father. I mean, in my life, my entire life, I've not seen anyone that works it. Okay, I know someone, a bishop, Bishop Oedepo. He works in that gift, gift of faith. But my father's faith is like that. Like, you know, those kind of faith that are like, I mean, growing up, growing up, we had a very, a lot of awkward moments where the man will say something and I'm like, what, how this man has formed? But guess what will happen? It will happen. You know, the, the Bible in the TPT, please, when you are reading this scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 11, read it in NLT, read it in TPT, get some understanding from this scripture. Then begin to, to convert those things that God, I want the gift of healing. I want the gift of prophecy. So that when we come together on that day, what we are just doing is we are just certifying it. So we are going to be here on January, can someone confirm the date to me? 28th, January 28th, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. What we are here for, the, the, what the Spirit of God told me is, is called the meeting place. Just come and meet with him. And then let's trust that there will be a release of empowerment upon us. In the name of Jesus. I will stop that for now. Next week, I will expand more, maybe during the announcement session, about what we are expected to do as we prepare for the program. God will help us in the name of Jesus. Above all, God is asking us, are we willing to give him a blank check this year? The way he gave you a blank check. Are you willing to say, God, anything you require of me, I will do. Anything you tell me to say, I will say. Anywhere you need me to go, I will go. I want us to just bow down our heads and begin to talk to God. God is asking you that question today. Are you willing to give me a blank check? Are you willing to give me a blank check? Are you willing to surrender your life to me? Are you really willing to surrender your time to me? Are you willing to surrender your resources to me this year? Are you willing to listen to everything I, have, I want you to do and to obey me fully? Talk to God about it in the next 30 seconds. Say, Lord, here I am, Lord, use me. I'm willing to commit myself to you this year to be used of you to be used of you, 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 to be used of you. I'm willing to commit myself to be used of you, Lord. How amazing it will be, how awesome it will be that we'll see people that are sick, your colleague in the work is sick, and you lay your hands upon her, and she receives her healing, and then she goes home to tell her friend that I've seen something strange. There's something, some power that is at work. And you know, she reaches out to her like it is Jesus. And she becomes a child of God. And before you know it, she said, I want my parents to hear the same word. Before you know it, you are invited to the house to also lead them to Christ. That is what we are talking about this year. Display. Remember what God told us. God says that we answer our prayers with all inspiring displays of power. So I want you to say, Father, I surrender to you this year. Deem it fit to use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Thank you, everlasting Father. The first thing that we shared about what God requires of us is He wants us to please Him. 
I don't know if you are here this morning and you know your walk with God is not straight, it's not, it's not right. You know you have moved, you have, you have drifted from the faith or you've never surrendered your life to Jesus before. I want to give you a quick opportunity this morning, a very quick one, because that is where the starting point is. You can't please God if you are not his child. God is saying, I want you to become my child. Then we will work together this year. If you are here and you want to rededicate your life or give your life to Christ afresh, I want you to just wave your hands. You don't need to stand up. Just where you are seated, let's just bow down our heads and close our eyes, everyone. Wherever you are seated, I will say a word of prayer with you and that will be it. You will start a new work with God. You are here this morning, you are saying, Lord, I want you to come into my life. I want to renew my work with you. I want to start a work with you again because that is where it starts so that you will receive this empowerment we are talking about. Father, we thank you. If you are also online and you are saying, I want to give my life to Christ, you can just say after me, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for my sins. Today I accept you as my Lord and personal Savior. I ask that you forgive me all my sins. I declare today that I'm forsaking my old ways and I'm clinging to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, I pray for your people. Your word says, as many as come to you shall in no wise cast away. I ask that you draw them unto you. In the name of Jesus, that you breathe upon them anew and afresh. That you will keep them on this journey. In Jesus' name we have prayed. And Lord, for everyone in this place that has committed to you, Lord, You've told us what you expect of us. You are the one that has the capacity, Lord, to keep your part of the covenant and help us keep our own part. Lord, we need your help. We need your help, Lord, to align with you. We need your help, Lord, to fulfill our own part of the bargain. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Let somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah.